Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acker, and Alton Toyota. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and that's Jackson Burkett. And what a show we have for you today on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber, 1015. Your text, 314399. Don't hurt yourself, Tim. We're just, we, got, we can't get out of the gates and you get hurt. Well, then it can be the pedals hour. Yeah, I'll be Chad Henney. 314 <laughs> There are 50 texts staring me in the face with the name Paul Crew. Ah, that, that was Adam Sandler. Was that also Burt Reynolds' character in the original Longest Yard? I believe that's what this is. Okay. so That must have been the topic at the tail end of the opening drive. Yeah. I was entertaining the millions and millions listening on HD2, the Ryan Kelly morning after. So I That goes hear. without saying. You know, people know. People have you, Oh, I I mean, it's two decades of what, what has been described as sophisticated yet populist nonsense radio. 314-399-9646 is how you can text into the show. Chris Kerber will be with us in about 10 minutes. Jackson has a bunch of questions for him. And uh, then a vari- wide variety of topics. Jackson, yesterday at this time, per the writing, and, I, and this isn't like saying Jeff Jones got it wrong. I just always like to cite sources. I'm really anti-reports are saying Hey, if somebody did the legwork to get the you cite them, yeah, that's all, in my opinion the ethically correct thing to do. But then, furthermore, if you are a reporter, a host, or you are on even social media, it also is cover your ass because you are tending to. Okay, the story's wrong. Well, but this is where my source was. Right, per this person, See what I'm saying always, always. So it's going to be Aaron Goldsmith. As the front runner, and then Aaron Goldsmith uh, sent this out on the Twitter tweets about 12 hours ago, and uh, this is what he had to say, Jackson, the following. I was fortunate to grow up on St. Louis Cardinal baseball. It will always be extremely special to me, but after 10 years, I've found a new home. Seattle is where I'm supposed to be, and calling Mariners baseball is what I love to do. Thank you all. From the bottom of my heart. So, uh, Aaron Goldsmith withdrew from the running to replace Dan McLaughlin on uh, Bally Sportsman West and the Cardinals telecast. And Chip Carey is now the voice of the Cardinals. So, there is the news. What transpired? The truth is... At least I can only speak for myself. I have no idea. I would imagine most of you, when it really gets down to it, fall into that category. Jackson, do you know what happened? I don't. Okay. I don't, and I don't think it's fair to speculate on you know personal things like if that. If there was no such thing as speculation, would talk radio exist? No, 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 no. Not saying it in the sense of like we shouldn't talk about it. I'm just saying like we don't know, so it's impossible to definitively say what happened. But we know. I mean, you look at the context of it all. Goldsmith has been in Seattle for 10 years, and you can really kind of build a sense of community and home when you're at a place for 10 years. Fun, young team with the Mariners. So, you know, I told, I, I get it. 
you know, and if he, I don't know his family situation. I don't think any of us. He's do. a married man. I don't know if they have children. Or right. Not. So you don't know. But if you're comfortable in the place, you know, we've taught you know you don't mess with you don't mess with happiness. I was told that when I was about to take a job and leave, and the gentleman I was replacing, I was on the phone with him. Uh, Steve Berthium, as a matter of fact, I think he's now the Diamondbacks broadcaster. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, but he was at Sports Center for a number of years, and I was on the phone with him. And I'm walking right. A sponsor, so serendipitous. Clarkson Jewelers. I was at Clarkson Jewelers, and I'm on the phone with Steve Berthium. And I said, well, what do you think? And he goes, are you happy? And I'm in a parking lot. My wife's inside, you know, spending some money with our wonderful sponsor, Clarkson Jewelers. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I mean, it depends on how much she spends. But that wasn't the question he was asking. Right, 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 right. The question was a macro question. Are you presently happy in St. Louis doing high-powered AM radio above a sex toy shop on McLeod's Landing? (laughs) And you definitively answered, yes. This is happiness. (laughs) But I said, actually, yeah, I am. He goes, well, there's your answer. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, never F with happiness. And so help me, that's been 15 years and I still use that. Would you like? Would you like some life lessons from me today? I, I feel do. like people tune into this show for life lessons. Yeah, that and NBA updates. That's correct. And Chris Kerber coming up at ten fifteen, plus whatever series of questions Jackson has for us today. Uh, number one, never f with happiness. Uh, number two, never get involved in a public war of words with a liar. That's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, I tribute uh, Bert Kaufman, owner of WGNU 920, uh, that one. And I also give him this one. Uh, never waste time on something that has no upside. And they all sound very simple, but if you can use them as tenants, they really can be guiding. Now, there are, of course, exceptions to the rule. Right. Uh, always make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. That's from 2004. Was it 2003's Girl Next Door with Alicia I'm Cuthbert? I'm going to put action on 04. <sighs> Boy, that's a tough one. I mean, I'll say 04 because I'm going to get 03 and 05. And I do think it won best screenplay. 04. Shipped it. So th- those, are, those, are my, those are my life lessons for the audience today. If you'd like to add any, please feel free. But Aaron Goldsmith might have thought to himself, I'm happy. Right. My wife is happy. They may have a young family. I mean, he's in his 30s. Uh, they may have a young family. I'm happy. One of the things that I think, and I think you'll see it play out here over the next few months, and it doesn't matter who would have gotten the job, perhaps with the exception of if Joe Buck or Bob Costas would have wanted it and done it for a year or two, which I don't believe is specific to Joe, I don't think would have ever happened. And, and, and based on Bob Costas's interview, it didn't sound like something he was looking to do either. And, and just from the standpoint of you just you get to a point where you're as successful as both of them are, that you just don't want to be traveling around. I mean, that's just what right. it comes down to. And with Joe specifically, he has two four-year-old boys. So anyway, whoever comes into that role, and now we know it's Chip Carey, is going to be compared to Dan McLaughlin. Yeah. And you are in a tough spot. I'll add another life lesson. I feel like I should do this on OnlyFans, honestly, (laughs) for what I'm giving away for free in one segment. But you don't want to be the guy replacing the guy. You want to be the guy replacing the guy who replaced the guy. Yeah, yeah. You want to be that second guy coming in after the legend is done. 
because you don't want to be the guy to replace me on Balloon Party. No, no. You see what I'm saying? Right, because they, they have no chance. No. They have no chance. Not with these, not with the audience that loves this presentation. Thank you. Yeah. So if, if you're Chip Carey, you may have the, can I use the term gravitas? I love the term gravitas. Do you really? Yeah, oh yeah. Anytime you can throw an AS on the back of it, I'm in. Okay. Uh, to go, okay, I know what's coming. I've been through it. So, fine. Aaron Goldsmith might have been like, God, they love me in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to mess with that. My wife's happy here. I'm happy here. I could do this for another 20 years, and I'll be the Mariners guy for 30 years. Right. I love the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, the, the job in St. Louis might pay me, I don't know, I'll just throw out 10% more. But I'm happy. The 10% isn't worth it. Exactly. You know, just because it might pay you more money doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make you happier. That's right. Yeah. So, and then, then, then it could be that, that Jeff's report, and this is nothing against Jeff, uh, Jeff Jones, um, who's a great guy yeah. and has done a hell of a job in building his career at the Belleville News Democrat. Maybe the information he got was not accurate. And Chip Carey was the guy from the get-go. And Aaron Goldsmith, once it was announced that Chip was getting the job, said, you know, I'm, he, didn't, he didn't say, I withdrew. He just gave his reasoning when he said, I was fortunate to grow up on Cardinal baseball. It will always be extremely special to me. But after 10 years, I found a new home. Seattle is where I'm supposed to be and calling Mariners baseball is what I love to do. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. My opinion on in 2023, for the most part, for the most part, Perhaps there are a couple of organizations that are operating on the fringes of Major League Baseball fandom. The Cardinals certainly would not be one of those. That if you are at a level where you've called Major League Baseball, and whether that's Aaron Goldsmith or Chip Carey, the delta is not that great one way or the other. They're going to do a wonderful job, and maybe you will like something about Dan and Miss Dan which would be completely understandable. I mean, he called the games for close to 25 seasons and some incredible seasons, by the way, with some historic calls and and memories and moments. But as far as Chip Carey, it might just be a person. It's all subjective. It's all subjective. What I'm saying is you don't necessarily have like what Matt Vaskersian was doing with the Padres. That stuff's not going on. It's, It's all kind of within one standard deviation. There just isn't that much of a change. Right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's I go, they're going to get the job done, and I don't really know how much of a change one is versus the other, as in Carey versus Goldsmith. Right. It's that's a new voice either way, and that's going to be. And so strange. you'll be compared to Dan McLaughlin. Right. And so over the next few months, there will be people complaining. Not everybody, but some, just because it's a new voice. And that is human nature when it comes to broadcasting. Yeah, and naturally we're resistant to change. And so when something like this happens, especially like you said, 25 years, I mean, that's my entire life. Dan McLaughlin calling games, it's going to be natural for it to be a little strange at the beginning. But like you said, yeah, it's it's going to be similar. And they're both incredible broadcasters. And I don't take Aaron Goldsmith not coming to the Cardinals as uh, or coming to St. Louis as an indictment of the city or the organization at all. Like you said, it's just if he's happy in Seattle, you don't mess with him. And perhaps the job was Chip Carey's, yeah, you know, from right. the get-go, and he didn't have an offer. I don't know. But Aaron, Aaron knew that he was out there and the stories were out there, so – he uh, and a lot of Mariners fans did not want to see him go. Yeah, the reaction. So he's, he's really got a lot of support there. Yeah, the reaction when he said he was staying was it was pretty cool to see that you know the people really 
rally behind him and they love their and I think that's great. I think a lot of baseball fans out there are very loyal to their broadcast team because it's like 150 at least games of the same people calling it. It kind of becomes like a friend in your home every night. Uh, your thoughts are welcome on the topic. 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. And we will be joined by another voice and face of a franchise, and that is the St. Louis Blues, who you will hear tonight right here on 101 ESPN. Blues and Sabres, pregame 6 p.m. Chris Kerber joins us next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. And it is our pleasure to be joined, as he does every Tuesday here on this program, by the great Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues, who you'll hear tonight, pregame 6 p.m., Blues and Sabres. Hi, Kerbs. Jim, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful, thank you so much. You know what? We were talking about the the Chip Carey hire, and I'm I'll yeah. just I'm just putting you on the spot here. Now I I think I already know the answer, but I'd get people yeah. texting and emailing uh, when we'd be doing whether it be this show or TMA or my podcast, and they go, you know who'd be great would be Chris Kerber, which is a compliment to you that people even think that way. Now I my thought was it's not my place to speak for you, but schedule wise, that's just not realistic. But I just, for the purpose of, since now that the, the thing is over and Chip Carey's the guy, I wanted to allow you to, if you have any interest whatsoever, in talking about it. Because it is a compliment that people thought that way. Yeah, you know what, it, it really is a compliment. I had a few people text me and um, some social media, you know, buzz a little bit. But, um, you know what, uh, it, it, it would be intriguing for me at this point in my career to switch over to baseball. I've done some baseball. I filled in with John Rooney a couple yeah. of times back in 2006. Uh, I did baseball in college, uh, sat in with Kurt Bloom for a couple of years when I was working in Birmingham. Uh was actually on the air for three innings of Michael Jordan playing baseball. Oh, um, my God. One of the Birmingham uh, Barons, the Barons teams, actually. Wow. Yep. And so, uh, you know, I, I love doing it. I, I still – I absolutely love doing baseball uh, when, I've, when I've had the, the small chances – you know, but but having said that, man, I love what I'm at. I love what I'm doing. And, and the one challenge with the game, of, with being a, a broadcaster in hockey, is, and especially on the radio side, is the seasons overlap so much. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so, you know, either the, the early part of one or or another part of another, like it's just it, it's difficult. So, the amount of work that it takes to do the job well. Um, and and to put the commitment into it and, and to really deliver it for the fans, like you know, well, like like all the Cardinals guys have done over the years, it takes a massive commitment. And, and so to do, I think both of these sports on the radio side, not likely, uh, and 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 honestly, no conversations ever happen. Sure. So I, I do appreciate the fans' thoughts, but um, I never talked to anybody about it. Never brought it up. Nobody ever called me, and and I'm totally one thousand percent cool with that too. It's just. Um, it, it, you know, I think if, if I did TV and hockey, that opens up the doors maybe for a little bit more because, uh, you know, of how things, you know, the schedules are a little bit different. You know, you're not doing playoff games on either side. That yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. But, um, but, but seriously, it takes it, – it, man, it's a schedule. Like, I watch – you see Kenny Albert on his social media, and they'll be doing, 
you know, he'll be doing NFL on one night. Two nights later, he's doing the Knicks. Then he's on the radio for the Rangers, and then he's doing TNT. I mean, it's uh, I love the idea of doing a bunch of sports. It, it, it's a fun challenge and keeps you keeps your heart pumping. But um, really, the day to day grind. And I, I'll say this: I don't know that. I hope that I, 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 when I say I don't know that people really know, I, I think that might be, you know, I don't know if that's fair to people in general, but really the the daily grind the work to cover the teams properly. If you're a team broadcaster in these sports that don't play just once a week, it's uh it's really quite a lot of work and um, you know, and, and to stay on top of things, you know, you're mm-hmm. looking, yeah, last night I'm just, I'm working up some nuggets for tonight, you know, just sitting around the house. And I thought about Tage Thompson. And then I looked at, for example, the, you know, Thomas and Cairo and you come across the fact that Thomas and Cairo, both of them in their last 118 games played have picked up 120 points, you know? And, and so their numbers are right in line with what Cage Thompson's doing. And we've got two of those guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, it's, it's just things like that, that uh, it's the amount of work that goes, that goes into it. If you're going to do, I think the job to the level that uh, frankly, whether it be Harry Carey, Jack Buck, you know, uh, Dan Kelly, Ken Wilson, and all the others that have, broadcasted ahead of us and, and Mike Shannon and stuff before that they've set a hell of a bar in St. Louis. We have been and, incredibly um, fortunate right it's with these broadcasters to broadcast here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've done so you've obviously been doing the Blues now 21 years with the uh 22 years with the with the difference between baseball and hockey calling games. I'm curious. I would think that one is clearly a more leisurely adventure and the other is non-stop and then when there is a stoppage in action, in this case now you're going to Joey Vitale back in the day with Chaser. Is that, is that the biggest distinction between calling baseball and calling hockey? I think it's the pacing and the rhythm. Um, I, well, there's two philosophy. Well, I, I kind of look at it two different ways. One is the pacing and the rhythm. Baseball, you have much more relaxed, but at the same time, on the swing of the bat, everything could happen at once. Mm-hmm. You could have, you know, runners on first and third, and the guy hits a triple. Could be, you know, one, you know, into the gap. Could be one of the more detailed things in baseball. For example, you've got a call, and and if you go the Dan Kelly, you know, approach of just economy of words, you really clean it up. If you listen to guys that do baseball that that, that are real wordy, they're going to try to describe too much, and you're going to lose some of it. So. To me, it's, I think it's, it's the pacing of it, but you've got to be ready for all hell to break loose on any swing of the bat. Hockey, there's a flow to it. Hockey, the challenge is, how do you keep describing similar plays over and over and over again and make them sound somewhat different or unique? And then, you know, there's something that John Rooney has done. Uh, you know, Wayne, Wayne Hagen, for example, Wayne Hagen was a very uh, numbers-oriented broadcaster, okay? Threw a, lot of, threw a lot of stats, threw a lot of numbers at you. Um, John Rooney, you know, when, when who, who took over then for Wayne, and obviously he's been with the Cards, what, since 06? Uh, or yeah. somewhere in there? Yeah, no, he came John, right after the White Sox won the World Series, and then he got a World yeah. Series in St. Louis. Yeah. If you listen to John, and, and, and I learned, really, like, I learned from this stuff, even for uh, to, to do our games, when, he, when the sport is different. John does a great job of keeping you on the field. And, and what I mean by that is, if there's if there's a break in play, if there's a if there's a small pace in the action or, or, or a small break, you don't just get inundated with numbers, you know. Or he doesn't tell you how many doubles the guy has hit if it doesn't mean something in the moment, right? And in, in hockey, I think it's that's really similar. There's 
you can see my scorebook, and I'll have a lot of nuggets. I'll have a lot of numbers. I'll have things written down. But if it's not relevant to something Joe Vitale or Chaser, you know, would say or something like that, then you probably don't use it because if it doesn't keep the fans on the field, in the arena, on the ice, in yeah. the moment, then I don't know that you're doing, you know, your listener a service. So That's me, interesting. You're right. And it's it's a basic principle. But but it is something that that is important that if you don't get that you're right now you're distracting from what's going on if you can so you're saying if you can weave that in then it works but otherwise it can be a bit of a distraction and taking them away from the the field of the ice. Yeah, so you know when a guy's at the plate, you know let's say it's August, right? And and a, and and the guy's at the plate and the broadcaster sits there just out of nowhere. I mean, there's nobody on base, you know, maybe he's. Guys hit the second base, you know, he's rounded out the second and he struck out in his first two at bats. It's his third at bat. And he's at the plate and he goes, Well, he's got ten doubles on this season. I don't know what that means. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, great. So he's got ten doubles on the season. Does that help you with the at bat, with what's going on? Does that because there's nobody in the stand sitting there thinking, Well, I can't wait to see this guy. He's got ten doubles on the season, right? So it it's sometimes the numbers have to have to really tell a story or be part of a story. They've got to be part of of what you're doing. And that's that's true in hockey. That's that's true in all of them. Um, you'll almost you'll never actually. I would say almost never. See, you'll never hear me tell you where a guy in it played his junior hockey on the air, right? Mm-hmm. And and the reason being, it's not it's not a lack of respect or, or to the junior leagues and how guys came up, right? I just don't know that many listeners in St. Louis can relate to somebody that said, "Oh, he played four years in Sarnia." <laughs> right? And and right because to them it just you go, okay, well, what does that mean? But I will say that I do use the colleges a lot because U.S. sports fans understand the college approach, right? So I will say a lot if a guy is playing, you know, he played three years at Northeastern. You know, I always pull out my Miami of Ohio guys, of course. You know, but uh, so, again, that, that's something that you have to relate to the fans. When, when, when Pierre Maguire would be on those national telecasts and he'd talk about, you know, a, a guy playing his, you know, well, he had this many points in Moose Jaw. I mean – Okay. Yeah, he did. So I guess that's a fact. But from a listener standpoint, if you're sitting in St. Louis, Missouri, and you go, okay, what is that? Like, that doesn't add anything to who the guy is, to what he's about, to to any kind of way to pull you into the story, other than you're going, now i got to look up where Moose Jaw is. (laughs) So that's my approach to – and it's developed over the years, but that's really my approach. And that's why why the greats and and, and the good ones and stuff really are like they are, but – Take, take a listen. I'm telling you, next time you listen to, 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 to Cardinals on the radio and you listen to John Rooney, and, yeah, he'll throw numbers at you, but it doesn't take you away from, like, feeling like you're in the building. Somehow he manages to keep it there. When there's a break in play, he'll tell you which way the flags are blowing and maybe describe the uniforms or that kind of thing. And I, and I, I think it's a great approach. I, uh, I love these conversations about broadcasting, and I think a number of the listeners like to hear the thought process that, that, that goes into it. Uh, and you will be able to hear Chris Kerber on the call tonight right here on 101 ESPN. Uh, you were mentioning some of the data with regards to Tage Thompson, and we'll see him tonight at Enterprise Center. Who will we see for the Blues? Uh, I know that uh, yesterday they will know more about uh, Buchnevich's status, and uh, that was coming up along with uh, when they're going to get the green lights on a number of players who might be on the precipice of coming back. O'Reilly's still a few weeks away, but Krug uh, and Tarasenko. Uh, what can you tell us? It sounds like you are at the skate as we speak. Yes, sir. Uh, I am here. You know, for with the, with the schedule on this homestand of having played every other day, most of these morning skates have been optional skates. 
for these for the teams. So they've had the, the, the practices the day before have been the really big ones um, where they've gone. Uh, Robert Bortuzzo's out there skating now. You know, um, I don't see Jordan Bennington again out there. So to me, they mean he's going to go again. And, and I just love it. I love riding, riding the horse, man, riding, riding the starting goaltender. I expect today, I expect to have uh, uh, Tarasenko and Krug back in the lineup. We'll get that confirmed in a little bit. And I'm listen, I'm not... I'm not basing that on, you know, any inside information I've got. I'm just basing it really on the way you've watched them play and practice and, and guys that look ready to go, you know. Uh, and, you know, and the other guy that we could see back in the lineup today is Logan Brown, and I talked to him a couple of days ago just about the process. And he's so frustrated because he had a good start, and it's just a matter of can he stay healthy and get in there and get that chance. And if he does, he really becomes a guy – that I'm getting curious to, to watch how it goes. You know, he's only played 78 NHL games for being the 11th overall draft pick. He's got to find a way to get in there. He's got to find a way to stay in the lineup. He's got to have to battle through some bumps and bruises and nicks and injuries here because he's got to uh, he's got to do it. And then he's got to earn his way up the lineup in a Craig Berube system. He's got to do that. To see, and this is his worst. I got to hold on to the puck. I got to use my size, and then I got to make some plays. Well, so uh, if, if he's back in there, I'm I'm curious to see how things go for him. Now for him. He's been out so much. Like it, it, it's a hard thing to jump in, you know, in game 47, 48 of the year. So you, you better get going. you got to get the wheels moving quick. Uh, you'll get a chance to find out if he can get it going tonight, along with whether or not Krug and Tarasenko are back out there. Blues and Sabres tonight, pregame, 6 p.m. right here on 101 ESPN with this gentleman, the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. Kerbs, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you for giving some of the insight uh, into uh, calling baseball and hockey this morning as well. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, anytime, but that was, uh, I enjoyed talking about that stuff. That's great. Thanks, Tim. Thank Have a great day. Have a great week, you guys. You too. That's yeah, thanks, Chris Kerber with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Uh, Jackson has a, a series of questions here uh, that I am looking forward to tending to. Um, and uh, then we also have a number of text responses to our uh, first segment on Chip Carey getting the Cardinal television job. That's coming up next. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Hacker and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Remix. Welcome back. Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, Alton Toyota, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you on 101 ESPN to the top of the hour. Uh, Jackson, we have breaking blues news for those of you who just basically by uh, kind of a Pavlov's dog effect tune out the Sports Center update. You may have missed uh, this breaking news, but you just had it. And is this from your sources? Uh, my sources being our blues insider here on 101 ESPN, Jeremy Rutherford. And uh, what can you tell the people? Well, this uh, Pavel Buchnevich, as people who listen to TMA know him as Bruce Nevich. That's correct. Uh, he is being placed on IR. He's undergoing a minor minor surgical procedure to address an infection to his ankle at the site of a contusion suffered earlier in the season, reevaluated after the All-Star break. There it is. So just as the Blues activate Tori Krug and Vladimir Tarasenko for tonight's festivities against the Sabres, they lose... Pavel Buchnevich, just like that, and he will go on IR, a minor surgical procedure to address an infection to his ankle at the site of a contusion. So that is your news just seconds after Chris Kerber and I were talking about those guys. His guess was Tarasenko and Krug would be back. He said didn't have any insight, but that was just his read on the situation. But the Buchnevich news, 
Just can't get everybody back. Yeah, I know. Just can't get everybody back. So uh, that will be something to monitor here as the Blues will now be without uh, one of their key offensive players for, at the very least, through the All-Star break uh, as they wrap up this homestand tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. Chris Kerber was with us in the previous segment. If you missed it, go back and podcast via the Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers podcast. And in the first segment of the show, we talked about the Cardinals hiring Chip Carey and what transpired uh, here with the Cardinal television job. Got a lot of uh, texts in, and that is, uh, I would say, super supportive of the chip carry hire. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think people are just excited for, you know, the, now that it's official, you know, now that it's out there, you know, the speculation can end on who it's going to be. And I think having Harry Carey's grandson is pretty cool as well. You know, I think that's a cool element of it all. Uh, I mean, he's been doing games for a very long time. Yeah. And like I said, I, from my standpoint, if you are calling Major League Baseball games, there isn't a huge delta. Right. If you want to go with somebody who's incredibly different stylistically, that's not something that I think in St. Louis, at least at this particular moment and anytime soon, would necessarily play well. The Padres did it with Matt Vaskersian when he was doing it a hell of a lot differently than he was doing it on Sunday Night Baseball. Right. Because they were kind of operating on the periphery and trying to bring people to the table to watch but with regards to the Cardinals, people want people who can call the game, yeah. get fired up when the Cardinals do well, convey their disappointment, irritation when things aren't going well. I'm certain Aaron Goldsmith could have done that. I'm certain Chip Carey could have done that. They chose Chip Carey. Who knows if Aaron withdrew? Who knows if it was just a way to save face and sure. say, hey, we're going to go with Chip Carey. We know you were in the weird spot of being in the mix for the job. And so you, you know, we're going to say you withdrew. I don't know what wound up happening. But I also would say that no matter what, people are going to be compared to Dan McLaughlin, uh, just like Dan McLaughlin was compared to Joe Buck and so on and so forth. And it's not like now Joe Buck is talked about, as he should be, uh, in in a way of being you know up there in the great pantheon of broadcasters. But when Joe Buck started, he caught all kinds of hell. Right. So it's just part of the process. Yeah. And that is something that I would imagine Chip Carey knows going in. Probably would have been a little tougher for Aaron Goldsmith without the the broadcast heritage sure. and the track record. And he has 10 years in Seattle. So uh, I understand not wanting to make that pivot. All right, Jackson, series of questions here. I like this one. I haven't heard it discussed, though. You asked, the NFL may have stumbled upon a new revenue stream, even if it hurts the product. Even though the AFC Championship will now be played at Arrowhead, the plan, if the Bills won, was to play in Atlanta. Do you think we could see a future where the NFL chooses neutral sites for conference championships each season? It could be a new way for the NFL to bring in a boatload of money and make it a destination event very similar to the Super Bowl. Do you think this is something we could see? Before I answer the question, is this something that's being discussed and I'm just oblivious to it? No, this is pure speculation, but I think the Bengals winning, I think I said it right there, I think the Bengals winning has saved NFL fans at least hold off NFL fans for something that I think very well could be the future, which is making conference championships neutral site because it's a way to make more money. And I think that is... You think that's something that would have... I think that they would have shown the NFL that this makes a lot of money and therefore they would have gotten a taste of it and said, you know what, I think this is something we want to do. And to me, the three... some There's a couple bad uh, 
the three worst words I hate in a row in sports is neutral site game. I think it's sterile. I think it's super, super lame. Do you like the NCAA tournament? A little, that's, a, that's a little different. That's a little different just because of the logistical side of it and the advantage you get in college basketball playing at home. Um, and not to say that there's not an advantage to playing an NFL game at home. Don't there start arguing is. with yourself. Um, Don't do it. You're better than that. Don't argue with yourself. You're right. You're right. I am better than that. Um, I just I, I hate it. I hate the idea of conference championships games playing a neutral side. And I think if they would have played in Atlanta, they would have gotten that taste of the conference championship game being at a neutral site. And, you know, I, maybe that would be the future immediately. I think it's still probably going to be the future. Because they see how much money they make with the Super Bowl, which is a neutral. So you, th- but 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 to be clear, nobody is reporting this. No. Nor have you have you seen anybody discussing it. I'm not doing this to mock you. I, I just when I read your question, I thought, oh, I didn't know that that was even in play outside of had the Bills and Chiefs played in the NFC Championship this specific year because of the I, Demar Hamlin situation. I saw a column written about it on Sports Illustrated. I don't okay, know who wrote right. it. I didn't read. I read the headline, which is, you know, this is bad journalism on my part. Well, it's 2023. That's how you determine what a story is by reading the headline and then tweeting about it. Right. But it, it, it immediately sparked me like, oh, yeah, that's this, you know, the Bengals winning might have saved us all. You know, so I that that's just my speculation on it is that we are going to have that somewhat soon. I would not like it because if I have one principle that I hammer over and over again, in particular on this show since we started it last year, is I value the importance of the regular season. And I don't like to see the regular season diminished. And in this case, this is a different set of circumstances in the AFC this year because of what transpired. But specific to the Eagles, even though the 49ers are on this ridiculous winning streak, The Eagles are the number one seed, and therefore they have the advantage. Is the weather going to be as good as a southern location or, of course, an indoor location? No. But I have no problem with that, and I get what you're saying. It's not about the integrity of the competition. It's about driving more revenue and kind of creating what you have with the college football playoff and a variety of different bowls for the NFL. But I don't don't think— that that is something that's going to happen. You think it would have been more likely had the Bills won, they would have seen how successful it would have been because you would have had Chiefs fans travel to Atlanta and you would have had Buffalo fans travel to Atlanta. Yeah, oh yeah, it's the best match. And you would have had, I mean, certainly most likely anyway, better weather than you would have had in Kansas City. And I bet everything I got, there's better (laughs) weather than Buffalo. Right. Indoor game, controlled climate. Yeah, and I I don't know, do you see the difference here? Because it drives me up the wall that baseball plays don't get me wrong you open up the season in a lot of the locations and it is cold and rainy yep. for the first month of the season but then may june july august september it's either hot or great weather and then the first half of october for the most part is really good weather mm-hmm. um with some outliers but then the actual world championship is played in a completely different style. Yeah. And football, at the very least, it starts getting cold in November. Or halfway through the season or so. And yeah, so I don't see it as the same thing. It really bothers me with baseball. You're playing a completely different game than the one that you played in order to get there in the first place, unless you're playing, and they're going to continue to grow in the percentage of a retractable roof right, right. or an indoor venue. 
Yeah, I mean, it gets back to our thing that we always talk about, and we both agree on, but we both agree that this solution isn't a possibility because it takes away from the bottom line, but they play too many regular season games. Yeah. If they play 142, now you have... A, a, oh, that'd be the greatest. Now you have another month where this playoffs start in you know, mid or early September as opposed to mid to early October. And that changes the game completely when it comes to weather in cities like St. Louis or you can go north of us. I also think it would be good from the standpoint of baseball has this momentum and then football starts up. It's the same reason why golf, I mean, golf is way lower on the pecking order, but it starts up and then the World Series and the playoffs roll around. People are like, oh, I mean, baseball's going to have to schedule it again away from football because right. they know they're not going to win. I right. think it plays a role in the diminishing enthusiasm, in particular for young people, but overall also for baseball. Uh, but as you said, to reiterate my point, which is if you're going to reduce games, you're going to reduce revenue, and odds are, therefore, you're going to decrease margins. And right. that is not something that is going to be acceptable to not just the owners, but also the players, because that's going to reduce their pool of revenue. Uh, all right, your thoughts are welcome. Text in 314-399-9646. Do you see the neutral site conference championships in play in the future? Uh, your thoughts on Chip Carey getting the job uh, and also the news just breaking this morning. Pavel Buchnevich is now on IR after having a minor surgical procedure. But uh, Vladimir Tarasenko and Tori Krug will be back in the lineup tonight for the Blues. Krug and Tarasenko. Missing a good amount of time. Back tonight for the Blues and Sabres right here on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final segment of Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN for the day. Jackson's series of questions just titled Jackson's Tuesday Questions. Yeah, try to throw a curveball. You know, I've, you know, everyone expects right. the alliteration, the ridiculous Somebody's names. focused on Ole Miss tonight and doesn't want to be distracted. All right, fine. Just do them. Sorry, sorry for the alliteration uh, or lack thereof. Greg Amsinger said on the opening drive that this season is going to be special due to the pitch clock. Are you as bullish on the pitch clock improving pace of games and helping reach a wider audience? Uh, I think the improving the pace of games can help lead to reaching a wider audience, but I don't think you would necessarily see the impact of it in in 2023. Right. Um, yeah, I'm anxious to see it. Sometimes they'll have old games on. They had a game. Oh, it was the Griffey 500th home run, Father's Day 2004. Right. I was at that game, Reds-Cardinals, St. Louis, Matt Morris on the mound. And I did notice in that game, now maybe Morris was known for working quickly. I don't recall. I covered him, but I don't really recall one way or the other. Uh, but I'm like, man, this thing is moving yeah. in comparison to watching a game now. And that was 18 years ago, 19 years ago. Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is, in fact, available for the NFC Championship game, do you ride with Brock Purdy, or do you give the nod to your starter? Well, if Jimmy Garoppolo had the talent of Hertz, right. Burrow, Mahomes, then that's one thing. But I don't put him in that category. Nor do I. And on top of it, Brock Purdy isn't a name yet. He might be in three weeks. But as of right now, to the casual football fan, I realize he's not a name. But his numbers are ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he has been so... Good. Yeah. They have as soon as the 49ers season's over, whether it's this Sunday, whether they lose in the Super Bowl, they win in the Super Bowl, 
they're going to have to have a conversation right. because they got three guys to talk about, not just two. You Include, have Trey Lance, yeah, you have Garoppolo, and now you have Purdy. Your Mr. Irrelevant guy who might be your might be your starter. Hey, man, we've seen it firsthand in St. Louis how you can go from unknown to the guy, right. and then ideally. Uh, you capitalize on that with draft picks, and that unfortunately didn't wind up happening mm-hmm. here as mm-hmm. far as the results with the draft picks in 2001. Uh, do you think the Cowboys would be wise to move on from Mike McCarthy? I think that would be an overreaction. I think that probably is not the main opinion of people doing sports radio. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a guy people like to mock. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. uh, The final play of that game certainly adds to it. But I think, you know, it's like one of, your, one of your questions about Josh Allen in here. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a data guy. And you look at sample size. Right. And McCarthy might not look like he could be. If you're looking for like a look on a coach, you know, he's an older, heavier guy. You know, sure. some of these guys now, Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay. Uh, Sean McVay, Zach Taylor. Uh, Sirianni is now a younger guy, relatively yeah. speaking, to Mike McCarthy, who's been around. And how many times have you seen them eliminated and they cut to him, whether it be with the Cowboys or the Packers? And there he is, is kind of like. And then all of it did was add to the narrative. It was a, you know, you're down seven with seconds left and you run, you know. Kirk Cousins is like, thank you for doing this. <laughs> My pass to Trey Hawkinson now can be forgotten. Yeah. But sample size wise, I don't really know. I mean, I don't think that that's on Mike McCarthy. No, I, I think they actually should move on from him, but I just don't think. What Mike, is your uh, reasoning at 1058? I, <laughs> I just don't think Mike McCarthy's the guy. I don't think he's been the guy. I mean, he won a Super Bowl, but I don't think he's the guy. And I don't, I just don't. I think, I think the Cowboys' issues are the fact that you have an owner who is yeah. meddling, micromanaging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they lost Tony Pollard, and Tony Pollard for a lot of teams wouldn't necessarily be like, oh my God, they're doomed. But you lost Tony Pollard, and it was like, that, 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 they're dynamic guy. Now the 49ers go, okay, CD Lamb all day, and if Dalton Schultz or Noah Gray or Michael Gallup beat us, then, then so be it. All right, we got to go. Uh, and I understand Jeremy Rutherford is filling in for Brandon Kiley, who is vacationing, uh, and he's in the Hamptons, you said? He's, he's in using my place. Uh, so he's using Jackson's place in the Hamptons. All right, uh, BK and Ferrari are coming up, except it's uh, Rutherford and Ferrario, and that is next here on 101. ESPN for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. You're on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.